Welcome to the Gibraltar Heritage Trust podcast. I'm Alice Mascareñas, and this time I'm joined by local historian and author Sam Benedy, who sheds some light on the Lieutenant Governor of Gibraltar, General Sir George Don. A retired paediatrician, Dr. Sam Benedy is a regular contributor to the Gibraltar Heritage Trust Journal and has written on local history as well as creating the character of the Victorian detective Giovanni Brosiano, the subject of seven books co-written with Mary Chappie. In 2005, he wrote the biography of Sir George Don, Lieutenant Governor of Gibraltar from 1814 to 1831. The book is called General Sir George Don, and the dawn of Gibraltarian identity. And he is the subject of this podcast. I've always been interested in history. And when I came back to Gibraltar in 1980, I found myself with the opportunity to, to look into, into Gibraltar history because of the facilities of the Garrison Library and the archives. Effectively, my interest in history or my active interest started in the 1980s. So what led you to George John? Why, why were you particularly interested in doing a, an extensive research on him and then uh, produce a book on him? Well, I got interested in the history of the hospital. And of course, Don is central to the history of our hospital. And uh, obviously, having learned what he did about the hospital, I then looked into the many other things he did. And that really propelled me really into, into uh, writing a biography of Don. He really changed a lot of things in Gibraltar in the, in the early 1800s. Yes. He arrived here in 1814. Yes. Can we paint a scene of what Gibraltar must have been like in those days? Gibraltar was dirty. Gibraltar was uh, disorganized. I think probably the, even the, the paving stones hadn't been properly replaced 30 years after the siege when Elliot had them taken up. Gibraltar had gone through and was going through three terrible epidemics, one of which killed over 5,000 people, which is, you know, somebody said that, this, that the present uh, virus was the worst civilian uh, crisis that we'd had. Well, 5,000 people died in 1804, and that, that was a, a really uh, a disaster. So, so Gibraltar was a, bit, was a bit of a disaster. Previous governors, you know, in the 18th century, had been there only interested in making money uh, out of the inhabitants and out of the town. So there was had been very, with few exceptions, there'd been little interest in actually improving the lot of the civilians. So what made Don different to all these other governors that had come before? Uh, well, Don was interested in improving things. You may say he only did it because to make Gibraltar a a better place for the garrison. But whether, whatever his motive was, he did improve the lot of the civilians, and he did so much. Was that because of the kind of person he was? He'd already done quite a lot beforehand. He'd been to Jersey and, and, and worked at Jersey, and, and mm. obviously maybe brought what he had done there to Gibraltar yes. as well. I, I'm sure that his experience in Jersey, and he was a lieutenant governor there for, what, something like uh, seven or eight years. Uh, and he did a lot for Jersey, and I'm sure you know, this served him as a basis for what he intended to do and what he did in Gibraltar. Do we know much about the man himself? Not too much, you know. Uh, he seemed to have been a, a devoted uh, husband. Uh, he, he, he married his wife when he was quite young and, uh, and uh, remained with her 
although they had no children until he died. He seems to have been a, a fairly sort of a approachable man, as far as one can tell, and he was certainly prepared to talk to all sorts of people, including even civilians. I suppose that in, in, in a sense, uh, we, we're used to governors being in Gibraltar just for a four-year term. Yes. But whereas he was here for 17 years. Yes. So he was able to undertake a number of projects. And of course, yes. he, was, he would have ruled Gibraltar then. Yeah, he was in fact the ruler of Gibraltar. Of course, he wasn't actually the governor. The Duke of Kent was. But the Duke of Kent had been got rid of after the uh, mutinies in 1802. And then he was followed by a series of lieutenant governors who, you know, were fairly benign. And in 1814, Don appeared, still lieutenant governor, still under, in theory, the Duke of Kent, but he was, in fact, the boss of Gibraltar until 1821, because the Duke of Kent had died, and then the, the Earl of Chatham had been made governor over the head of Don, and he came to Gibraltar and stayed for two or three years, but then the, he said the, the, the climate didn't suit him and left. So that was Don again in charge until, basically, nearly until he died. He, he was replaced in 1831 and died a few months later. Now you, you just said that he even spoke to, to the civilians. Yes. And the, the reality is that there was a them and us in, in, in those days. Yes. And governors didn't really bother too much about the civilians. No. They just were interested in the garrison. Hmm. What do you think swayed Don to, to become interested and, and make all the changes that, that, that he made in sanitary and uh, creating the hospital, the Alameda Gardens? I think he'd become used to talking to civilians in Jersey, where there was less emphasis on it being a garrison and more it being a, you know, a civilian community. I think he recognized that there were civilians who could help him and he, he, he determined to take advantage of that help in improving the town. So what did he actually do? Let's let's start at the beginning because he he was involved in mm. in cleaning mm. Gibraltar, yes. making mm -hmm. it mm. a cleaner place, a cleaner yes, environment. Yes. Well, uh, yes, he he uh, he set up the paving and scavenging uh, committee of civilians, many British civilians, but also also both Jewish and Catholics were part of, part of that committee. He he set up the hospital. He, he was brought, you know, he. He arrived in, in Gibraltar in the middle of, a, of an epidemic, so he was very conscious on, of what the dangers of an epidemic to the garrison and to the civilians. So he determined to clean up the town because because the uh, the doctors said that it was a, a miasma of, of dirt which caused the epidemic, which we know it wasn't, but still he cleaned up the town. That was a good thing, and he he also d determined that they should set up a proper hospital for the civilians. So in general, really, he, he brought to Gibraltar public health? Yes, certainly. He was the first uh, medical officer of health, you could say. Yellow fever epidemic and the yellow fever itself was one of those things that really hit Gibraltar mm -hmm. over a period of time. Yes. How often would he have had to have dealt with it? He was uh, confined to a, to a ship when he arrived, so he, he didn't even deal with that personally, but he experienced it. Uh, in 1814, and then, possibly because of his measures to keep Gibraltar safe, uh, there was never uh, not another epidemic until 1828, when there was another serious epidemic. And there, he basically he uh, he listened to his doctors, and uh, and took advantage of of, of what of them to to try and and help things out. 
What kind of a hospital did he set up then? Up till then, there hadn't been a proper hospital for the civilians. There were, there were three little hospitals, uh, one for the Catholics, one for the Protestants, one for the Jews, that run by each, run by the communities. I, we only know where the Catholic hospital was, and that was probably round about where the vestry of the present cathedral is. But whatever it was, it was, it was a, a pretty uh, minor operation, and he actually identified a, pl a place which had been the hospital in the past, which was had been the hospital of San Juan de Dios. It was then now ruined and had been, been used as a barracks. And he got a, a local architect, a local builder, to, to rebuild it, and that was Boschetti. Uh, uh, he ended up with a hospital of about 100 beds. He still kept it divided into three, into three sections, the Catholic, the Protestant, and the Hebrew, because I think he he probably felt that that's what people were used to, and it would be better that way. Was the, the, the hospital run by the military, or was the hospital run by, by locals? Each, each uh, section was run by a committee of, by a deputy governor of that community, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, and a committee of, of, of uh, under them. Don was the um, governor of the hospital, and he took it seriously. He, went, he used to go and visit, and once a year he would have a special meeting and they would go around the wards and it would be reported in the Chronicle uh, with, with all the uh, statistics available and comments both from the, the surgeon of the hospital, who initially was a military medical officer placed there by Don. How was what Don was doing in Gibraltar seen outside Gibraltar? Uh, it's difficult to tell. Certainly visitors coming to Gibraltar uh, who I think uh, around 1810 somebody came around and made comments that Gibraltar was a disaster, was a you know a really pest, a pest, pestilential place. But when you you see the visit of the 20s saying how pleasant Gibraltar is, how healthy it is, how, how you know how well run it is, so certainly people coming out from outside were impressed. And his superiors, Don's superiors, how would they have seen what? He would, the changes that he was making in Gibraltar, would they have accepted them or uh, would they have been against them? Would they have been in favour? Uh, Don went his own way and and relied on on the on Whitehall. In his, you see, in his letters to Whitehall, he says, "I have done this," you know. And in general, Whitehall said, "Okay, carry on." Uh, he did run into trouble. For example, he set up lotteries uh, to to finance the the building of uh, the Alameda Gardens and uh, lotteries were in fact illegal and but he got away with it for, for years and years and about late into in his, uh, his career he was pulled up and said you can't have lotteries but by that time he'd had them and collected a lot of money. A lot of people perhaps may not be aware that aside from, from, from the hospital and from the, the, the public health he also set up a structure for, for roads in Gibraltar. He, he built many of the roads in Gibraltar including a road, you know, along basically Rosier Road, and also uh, roads up the Upper Rock. Where before, to get up to the Upper Rock was quite, a, quite an event. You had to do a lot of climbing. By the time Don had finished, you could, you could ri drive a carriage up to the Upper Rock. And of course he built roads in Spain. He connected the, the, yeah. the, the peninsula to, to the to, Spanish. To Spain, Spanish and, and, and went beyond there. I, uh, I think he, he had a house in San Roque, so he, he probably thought, well, I better have a road to take my carriage to San Roque. But he certainly built a lot of the roads in Spain and collected money and contributed himself in, in order to build roads in Spain. 
Did he also build the courthouse? He built the courthouse, yes, he built the courthouse, which uh, was something which was very necessary. Uh, he also built the, the Protestant church. He wasn't so keen on that, and it wasn't actually finished until he, he had retired, but he, 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 he did get it done. And uh, probably one of the most important things he did was to settle the matter of uh, properties and who had the right to own properties in land. This hadn't been done since Governor Bland had done it in, in 1749, so it was very necessary. So how much did Don allow, how much freedom did Don give the, the people who were in the people of Gibraltar at the time? I don't know that he actually gave them freedom. You know, they still had to, they were still governed by curfews and had to go out with a, with a light uh, uh, at night and so on. And, you know, these were sort of military rules. But uh, uh, certainly in practical terms, he made things better for them and by providing better facilities. But he also gave them a say in, in these facilities. So, yes, it, in uh, yes. a sense, it's the beginning of that Gibraltarian population rising. Yes, I mean, yes, I, I call my book, or I subtitled it The Dawn of Gibraltarian Identity, which was perhaps a bit strong. But uh, in fact, I think this is what he did. Uh, finally, there were, I mean, there was no democracy. He selected the people he wanted on the committee, and they, they, they did basically what he said. But the, he gave them a lot of freedom within that thing to, in, in order to, to do the, their thing. The one line that I actually picked up in, in, in the book when you write that what he achieves in those 17 years, and you yeah. br briefly mentioned it now, um, is the beginning of a Gibraltarian sense of identity. It's difficult to prove that, but that's the feeling I got as I wrote the book. And it, it is uh, significant, perhaps, that you can still see the sign in what used to be the old hospital, that uh, the, the, uh, there's a plaque up uh, thanking General Don in the name of the Civis Gibraltarienses in Latin, that is the Gibraltarian civilians which uh, I think, as far as I can see, is the first time that the word Gibraltarian had been actually used in, in an official uh, capacity. Of course, Don also updated the defences of, of Gibraltar at the time. He did. He not only set up the courts, but he also set up the police force. He did. The police force was set up late in his, his career, and um, certainly it, it's part of the... Uh, of the improvements that he made in Gibraltar, a civilian police force, as opposed to before it was the, the town major who was, the, who was in charge of, of discipline in the town, both for, both for soldiers and civilians. One of the first officers of the police force was a, a retired soldier, Sergeant Miles, whose descendants remain, uh, still are here, still here today. Would you say that that would have been the beginning of, of, a, of a connection, if you like, between the military and the civilian population? I think there was always a, was a, was a, was a collection because of intermarriage, but certainly that this that was at a, at a very basic level. It wasn't. It was the squaddies that got married, not the officers in general, uh, and the officers probably regarded themselves as a cut above. How much do you think that we, as a as a community today, owe to this this man? I think. I think. I think we owe him a lot. I mean, he he laid a basis, obviously, uh, on that basis many other things were done by later people but uh, certainly uh, you know the 18th century the civilian population was very much uh, under regarded and underprivileged and uh, and i think it was with don where you can see that the civilian population becoming a 
coherent uh, community. With everything that he did, Gibraltar was totally unrecognizable 17 years later. So it seems, yes. It, it was certainly a, a more pleasant place to live in. Sam Benedy will return to our podcast series to talk about the Brosiano Mysteries. His other books include The Sale of Gibraltar in 1474, Sherlock Holmes in Gibraltar, The Civil Hospital and Epidemics in Gibraltar, and The Diary of an Epidemic. You can also follow his blog, The Keys of the City, at keysofthecity.blogspot.com. This podcast series is presented and produced by me, Alice Mascareñas, as a trustee, together with Chief Executive Claire Montado for the Gibraltar Heritage Trust. Original music is by Guy Valarino. The Gibraltar Heritage Trust offices can be found at the Main Guard at 13 John McIntosh Square. Opening hours, Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can contact the Trust on 200 42844 or check out the website gibraltarheritagetrust.org.gi Until the next time, keep a watchful eye on heritage.